0: My name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and bat zi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life.
1: So she said, I got the best deal, three bags of new clothes for $25, three full bags. I used coupons and Kohl's cash, and it was on sale. That was one of the comments. Another one was, well, I got a $200 vacuum for only $30. I was doing a focus group about shopping, and people looked like they were madly in love. These women just, especially, they were women, they light up. When they can tell you about a great deal that they got, and that was special that they got it. So I know that that hunt and that discovery and that victory is part of what makes people tick when they're shopping. So when I heard J.C. Penny was going to a whole new policy, they called it a square deal. No more sales, no more coupons. Everything's going to be the same price. I knew. They were in trouble. They had not been listening to their customers. Yes, and fast forward to today, and many, many, many of their stores have closed. They're in total restructuring. So that was, that was the, the beginning of my awareness of how much of a difference the learning that I bring to my clients makes. So what I'm here to talk about to you today is about listening to your customers and your clients. I am a professional listener. I've been trained to listen at the beginning of my career. Well, before that, I was taught to be a peer counselor. And then I was taught to be a crisis counselor. And then I was taught to be a therapist. And then I got my MBA, and I started being a focus group moderator. And I was trained, actually, in improv comedy. Every one of these, all the different ways of listening, they're all different. They're all unique. If I ask you if you're a good listener, that's really not the right question. How do you listen is the right question. And when do you listen that way? So what I'm going to talk to you about is when and what to ask your clients and customers, and how to listen when you're doing that so that you're actually hearing them. So let's start with a, the, there are three times when it is important to check in with your customers or clients as you're developing a business or service or product. So the first time is when you're developing the business or product or service. The soonest that you can is important. Let me give you an example. So I, was, I got hired by YoPlay. They were developing a new product. And the team that I was working with had been charged with finding a fun way to eat yogurt. So everything was, how can we make yogurt fun? And they had this idea. Excuse me. It was called Fun Cones. And We did all kinds of work. We did all kinds of naming and idea generation and packaging, and you know those drumsticks that you get with an ice cream in it? It was kind of like that, it would be like a paperish cone with yogurt in it that you would lick out of the cone. But they didn't just introduce it, then they went to their customers. So we went and we shared that with people. We sent it home with them, we had moms try it, and we had them give it to their kids. And guess what? Nobody wants to lick yogurt out of a paper cone, it turns out. But they still had this mission, right? So they started to show them all different kinds of packages, those squeezy things from Europe that now have applesauce in them, all kinds of different things. And it turned out that the one that was most interesting to people is one that they were kind of disappointed because it didn't seem as unique, but it was this tube. Yeah, so they started putting yogurt in a tube. Before that, nobody thought of that. Now they started doing it. And as we were doing these focus groups and really listening to people, what do you like about this? Why is this good? It turned out it wasn't about fun at all. It was about convenience and portability, thus the name GoGurt. So they listened, and it affected what they offered and how they offered it. The second time that you should always check in with your clients or customers is when you're communicating with them. Now, when do you communicate with your clients. Sometimes it's when you meet them at a networking event and you're telling them what you do. Sometimes it's on your business card, it might be an ad you run, it might be on social media. What did I miss? There are are lots of ways that we communicate, right? Well, people don't always know what you're saying. We have a lot of assumptions in here about that what we're saying is clear, but it's a good idea to check in with people before you put it out there because it might make no sense. I, I did a project for a church once that was a progressive Christian church and they had some really clever and um, oh saucy kind of, I'm mean, not saucy with kind of sparkly ads that they wanted to use, and the people in the church loved them because they felt like this describes us so perfectly. But when we showed it to people outside of the church, they didn't get it. In fact, they thought it was for a conservative church, and that would not have been the right audience for that ad. Another example is there was a I lived in excelsior, and there was a little candy store in Excelsior. It was really cool. It had old-fashioned candy. It was called Simply Nuts and more. (laughs) They went out of business (laughs) because they just didn't, you know, get the customers. So that communication is really critical. The third time to check in is when you're checking to see if you're delivering on your promise. Like assessing, how are we doing? you get a lot of surveys about that right so big companies know that and they survey you but we should be checking also an example of that was um quite a while ago now you know the cereal reese's puffs chocolate and peanut butter puffs like cocoa puffs only more flavorful they weren't doing well now some companies would have pulled them off the market Um, but some people there said we need to understand this first so they checked in with their customers and we asked people tell me what you think of these. We watched them eat them. Are they good, what's good, what isn't? It turns out, you know, they were all one color at that time, and they looked like kind of tan cocoa puffs. Well, people expected them to be two colors, chocolate and peanut butter, and they expected the peanut butter ones to be kind of shiny, a little bit shiny, so that they knew it was peanut butter and it would have that mouth feel. So they changed it, and it is still around today. That was probably 15 years ago, so it worked. So listening and asking is really important. The trouble is you don't listen. I don't listen. I'm a professional listener. And if you tell my kids that they would crack up, right? Because we are not really built to actually listen. We listen through filters. And so the second piece of this today is to talk to you about those filters and what to do about them. Because when you know what your default filters are, and you notice when you're using one, you can change it. So my, my offer to you, or my invitation to you, is don't use your default filters. Create your filters. Okay. So what are, what are our default filters? Well, one of them is, I already know this, right? Um, Les might have even mentioned that one last week. But it's, and it's not just about our customers and clients. So I'll tell you, I was standing in my sister's, this is an embarrassing story. I was standing in my sister's kitchen my youngest sister and it was Thanksgiving and she said to me Nancy I've I'm so lucky you're my sister I've always loved you so much and I was pissed I was angry she said that right was I listening to her apparently not right because that reaction makes no sense but I later said to my husband at the time can you believe she said this like I was really not happy about it because she and I had fought our whole lives and in my mind she didn't love me she hated me and she was looking for a way to cause me a problem when I finally started listening to my sister for what she who she really was instead of my filter from when I was five we developed a great relationship it's just that was there and we do that all the time so what are some of the other filters that we use uh, well uh, Sometimes we think we, we, uh, we're right about something and somebody else thinks the answer is different. So we're listening for proof that we're right. And we hear it when we hear it. But we don't hear all the proof that, that supports the other side. So when you're going in and you know you have a point of view, what I recommend to you is to think about your point of view ahead of time. Maybe even make a little table and take notes and notice whenever you're wrong. Notice when you're right and when you're at the other point of view is there. So start having the filter of what if I'm wrong? OK, another type of filter is, um, let me see, emotions. So we have emotions, right? So I was doing some interviews with someone, and a woman, when I, worked at, when I work in focus groups, my clients are behind a mirror. And I have behind this mirror a multi-ethnic team, people of all different uh, backgrounds. And I'm in the room and this woman I'm interviewing says something uh, kind of offensive about the language on the bottles, which she thinks is Spanish, but it's actually French. But I'm not gonna tell her that either. I, uh, I knew that in the back room, whatever she said next, nobody was gonna hear because they were just either embarrassed or upset. So I had to make sure I was really listening for a while at that point. Um, another thing that we do, another filter that we have is that we pigeonhole people, right? So we see somebody, we meet them, and we think they're this kind of person. And how I've seen that translate, and it could be you, is that my clients think they know who their customers are. Now, if you're a big company, you just can only imagine these people out there, right? They're, because they're out there but if you are here prospecting in the world and you think my clients are affluent and they care about how they look then you might not notice your client walking down the street in some uh, cutoffs or you know whatever the thing is and I have had that experience where my clients are saying those aren't the right people those aren't the right people but they really are. Um, Let's see. Another thing that we do is that we just don't always listen deeply. So we listen to the surface answer. Uh, we might ask something like, uh, what do you like about this? And someone could say, well, it's convenient. Oh, great. And what don't you like about it? Well, what? What did they mean? What? In what way is it convenient? We assume we know or we feel uncomfortable asking or whatever, but it's important to ask until you understand. So. What's important about that to you? Tell me what you mean by convenient. Actually how I would normally say it is, what do you mean when you say convenient? Because we want people to understand that we're not saying, I don't know what convenient means, but people have different meanings and I want to know what you mean when you ask you know, about that. We sometimes listen just to what we think is important. Like we listen to uh, what we think. And we, if those go people had done that, when what was important to them and what they were getting paid for was finding something fun, they would not have heard conven- or portable, and they would not have pursued that product, and we would be stuck with a failed yogurt cone. <laughs> <laughs> so, and my latest venture, I'm a financial advisor and what I have observed is that a lot of, fin- I work for Thrivent, and um, when I'm in a room with other financial advisors I do notice that the filter that they have and that we all have in work is unique and different, right? So teachers have a filter. Their filter might be, does this kid understand this? Or is this child smart? Um, ministers have a filter. And I'm sure every minister has a different filter, so I'm not going to try to explain what that would be. (laughs) Um, And financial advisors. Some of them have a filter, which is, how much money does this person have? Is this going to be worth my time? You know, doctors have a filter, therapists have a filter, it's what are your symptoms? What's your diagnosis going to be? So in the world, we walk around, we are stuck with filters, it's how our brain works, and so my. My thing that I want to leave you with to remember is, don't go with your default filter, create your own filter. Thank you.